You're in tune to the Fusebox Radio Broadcast. Uh, turn the music up inside my session. These folks gotta hear my message. Bringing balanced black radio to the masses. All right, everybody, one, two, one, two, what's going on? You're now in tune to another session of the syndicated worldwide Fusebox Radio broadcast, bringing the balance back to black radio each and every single week with a mix of music representing the international black diaspora, such as hip-hop, soul, funk, jazz, reggae, and more, as well as news commentary, and at times here and there, some interviews. You got myself on the music and commentary mix, DJ Fusion, and you have my bro on the side who does the same. Let me have him go ahead and introduce himself. Yes, yes, one, two, one, two. A fuse box, I'm ready to do, do the do. Yes, indeed, one love, of course, the song raw Black Hawk. One love to all. Another fuse box episode. Yes, indeed, a fuse, fuse box fusion. What's the deal? Um, doing pretty okay, even though we got some, um, Wild news on the newswire since we've been out of the mix we'll be getting into for a bit. As always, glad to be able to do this show. Glad to be able to have all of our wonderful listeners from various places and ages and ranges and all of that. Whether it's on their FM dial, net radio station, on favorite podcast server or website and all of that good stuff. Um, it is spring in our corner of the east coast of the U.S., so thank goodness for that. It finally seems to have settled in. Um, since we both last have been on the mic, we literally had a hailstorm in my corner of Maryland like two weeks ago. And now it's finally getting back into the 70s, so I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who pissed off the universe, Mother Nature, your deity of choice or whatever, but I'm glad over here it's stable, and hopefully for people in other places it is as well um we got a lot going on on multiple levels and we got a lot to talk about so let's go right on ahead and um get into our basic breakdown of the show um again shout out to all of our listeners we deeply appreciate you taking out that nice three hour block of time to check us out as well as our bonus content and all of that for folks who want to sit back and check us out when we don't got corporate backing or we are going to one hardcore extreme or the other. We're just being us. Thank you. Um, can't say thank you enough, you know. Um, we're in a very um, steadily growing field of independent media. And right. folks who are sticking with us or just checking us out brand new right now, you know. Um, we hope you dig um, the way we function, flow, and roll. So for those who are new, let me break down how we do this show. At the beginning, we go ahead and we do our promotional spiel, how you can check us out, upcoming events, stuff like that. Then um, both myself and the Blackhawk go ahead and we talk about various news items and other stuff of interest. And then finally, we go ahead in our last section and we both get into our music mixes of old and new school um, black music from all over the place. So, um, <coughs> pardon me guys, allergies. Um, let's go on ahead and um, get right into it. You can always check out the Fusebox Radio broadcast at our official website, which is FuseboxRadioOnline.com, F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O-O-N-L-I-N-E.com, or FuseboxRadio.com. Our official blog site is BlackRadioIsBack.com. We are accessible via the vast majority of your favorite podcast services, 
including iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Acast, Satchel Podcast Player, Player FM, Podbean, and now, as of this week, Google Play Music. So if y'all got that Google Play Music app, you can go ahead and check us out that way. If you really dig what we're doing, please, when you get a chance to give us a four or five star rating that helps us get to more folks' ears and all of that. And feel free to share our shows via those favorite um, podcast means that allow you to share through your social media and all of that as well. And on our official website, if you want to submit music, you want to be considered for an interview, you want to book us for gigs, which... Hey, we all have bills. We like doing this, but we got bills, including um, podcast server stuff, including the Fusebox Radio Mobile, um, including us soon hopping to a bunch of trips to do on press coverage because we are now into spring and summer music festival season and more. Um, yep, definitely feel free to support us in any way we can because while we may be bringing on other means of support, Soon, fingers crossed. We want to keep this as commercial free as possible and whatnot. So, um, our Patreon page is going to be up soon. We also have our PayPal button on the site. So, if you can get something that's cool, um, on a monetary end, if not, just please spread the word. And, uh, we deeply appreciate that and all of that good business. Um, let's see, a few shouts out since we've last been on. Um, we got some springtime events coming down the pipeline soon. We always got to shout out to folks who um, we've done events with before. And the last round of events we did was with the National Cherry Blossom Festival over at the Tidal Basin stage of their um, cultural performances and whatnot. Shout out to all of those fine entertainment bookers and whatnot. We deeply appreciate you for having us down for the third year in a row with that. Um, we got some stuff that we're just locking down for the spring that we'll be announcing soon on the on the <coughs> excuse me on the performance end and all of that and on the press end again it's going to be music festival season time so i know in dc folks are going to hit up the broccoli city music festival and that is the last weekend of april i'm going to be going down to durham north carolina for moog fest in may and that's going to be a first timer joint for me and that should be interesting they got a lot of um on-point music programming plus a whole bunch of um different music acts going down afropunk if i don't get a press pass i will still be trying to go to that because that lineup for this year is looking pretty dope as well i know they got living color fishbone ice cube janelle monet two of the folks with mochiba um the lineup is crazy like after having a year where grace jones and lenny kravitz headline they still got a very strong head, um, group of headliners for this year for the Brooklyn Jones. So um, one way or the other, Fusebox Radio is going to be representing at that. Um, summer stage is coming soon, New York. Um, just a ton of things. So be on the lookout for um, write-ups, interviews, and um, photos from these events. Oh, also, um, folks are going to be at the National Cannabis Festival. That's going right. to be happening on the 22nd of... <coughs> This month, um, April, in Washington, D.C., since De La Soul is headlining. And um, I haven't seen those folks in a hot minute, so I just want to get in some pics and check all of that cool stuff out. And I hope the weather's going to be good and my allergies don't be evil to me and whatnot. 
one of us will find a way to get down there and all that regardless. And um, let me see here. I think on that particular end of announcements and stuff, that's about it. Oh, shout out to all of the great people we've been interviewing so far with our um, political um, segments. We started off in 2016, the um, Real Spit with Politics, um, extra bonus content we've been doing. Uh, we've gotten great responses back from um, folks on that, um, whether they agree with what the people we've interviewed or not, which I kind of appreciate. We got some ex- other extremes, too, but I'll get into that in our um, commentary talk. Um, shout out to the folks of the Socialist Party USA for having their presidential candidates interview with us. Shout out to the folks of the Workers' World Party and Monica Moorhead, a presidential candidate for them. And with the Socialist um, Party, shout out to um, Mimi Skoltik and um, Angela Walker. Shout out to the folks of the Democracy Awakening. People have seen the Democracy Awakening and Democracy Spring protest in D.C. Um, through all types of international TV and whatnot. We interviewed one of the organizers for that. We got Green Party um, folks who are running for president we're going to be interviewing in the upcoming weeks. And just a whole lot more stuff. So um, everybody who's been down for that, definitely thank you. I mean, this, actually the end of this month will officially be 18 years I've been doing this show. All right, all right. And if I'm remembering properly, this will be just about, got about, what, 10, 11 years since um, you've been on. Good Lord, I feel like an old woman. Crazy. Neither of us are old. Don't get it twisted. But wow, that's that's a lot of time in one's life. So, um, I'm, I'm music and the broadcast and the media. It's I think the bulk of us kind of started before Fusebox. Uh, mm-hmm. Formulation of it, you know, or, or formulation of the of, of, of this the mentality of what what people do. Uh, definitely before individuals started with at least broadcasting through music. No doubt, no doubt. Um, I'm just definitely glad we're able to do what we do and all of that and that people can look at our history and be there like, yeah, we need to be about that. So that's what's up. <coughs> Dang, pardon me, guys. All right, so um, let's go ahead and get into um some things to talk about because we got a lot of things to talk about, um, including some sad news in the music world since we've both last been on to chop it up and what have you. Um, we've had two, um, black music legends pass, um, since we've last been on. Um, first was Five Dog of a Tribe Called Quest. Um, lots of folks, excuse me, it was kind of funny, like, even my mom, like, knows, like, two Tribe Called Quest songs. And my mom is, like, an upper 60-year-old southern black lady and whatnot. Um... For myself, um, Five Dog passed in his 40s of complications from diabetes. Um, for myself, Tribe Called Quest is literally one of my favorite hip-hop groups of all time. There's no exaggeration. It's, it's something that's like brand new or anything like that. They're just literally one of my favorite groups. I was one of those geeky kids who had a Walkman on a whole lot, partially due to the fact that I've always been a music person. And partially due to the fact that some people aren't likable, you can block out a lot of stuff when you have headphones on. 
and whatnot. And one of the albums I literally played until it broke in my Walkman was a cassette of Midnight Marauders I got from Kit Mill Records for folks who are familiar with Southern Maryland and um, the D.C. metro area. And I was aware of A Tribe Called Quest before because before that album dropped, of course you had Scenario, you know, that was a major hit. You know, you had Jazz, you had Left My Wallet and El Segundo and all that good stuff. But Midnight Marauders was the album and still is one of the albums that stroke, struck at me the hardest in terms of the interplay between the production and the MCs. And I think, ironically, that was the first album Fife really got a foothold in in terms of the balance of songs and appearances because the earlier Tribe Called Quest albums were more Q-tip heavy than Fife heavy. And Minute Marauders was like that perfect balance where I, they were just like really in gear. And while people can debate back and forth in terms of like what's the best Tribe album in terms of what they like and what have you, I think most folks can agree like that third album was like the ultimate stride for them. Like they, you could just easily see the build up, and then they just were like on a hundred on Midnight Marauders. And Fife was the dude. I don't know. I, I like both MCs. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, when Jerobi was on the, the tracks he was on back in the day, I like you know him too. But Fife was the dude. I think I like because I like the rougher voice vibe he had. I like the joke Steve that he was on. And looking back, he was more of the average dude because Q-Tip, I mean, Q-Tip literally calls himself the abstract. You know what I mean? You know, sometimes, especially for, like when I look at teenage me, like some of the shit he was saying was kind of some hippie shit. Or shit that was a little too deeper for me to understand. Or get, but it sounded good. Fife was just like the direct dude or whatever. He was like the direct little hype dude. He talked about stuff like literally being there like, yo, I'm short, I'm dark, hell, I'm sick, I got diabetes, I have some hearing issues, but I'm still flying shit, and y'all gonna have to deal with it. And people did. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knows microphone check one, two, what is this? Everybody knows five second verse that closes out electric relaxation. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knows back in 89, you used to slip in the face, place, buddy, 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 all up in your face. You know what I mean? Scenario, he was the dude who jumped off scenario with the rhyme flow and whatnot. You know what I mean? Like, Fife was an integral part of Tribe. I think Q-Tip would have done fine on his own, but you wouldn't have had the Tribe vibe without Fife. Like, I believe with Public Enemy, you wouldn't have Public Enemy. (coughs) Excuse me. Chuck D is cool, but Public Enemy wouldn't be Public Enemy without Flavor Flav. They found a way to balance themselves out, and... I think through their ups and downs, personally and professionally, the, both of those brothers knew they needed each other to get a certain vibe and everything rolling. Word up. And um, I'd like to just say a couple things. Uh, excuse me, I'm just going to get tired. But I apologize it took us for this long to get to this. almost all news, but um, of course we were going to get to it. Um, um, she said a lot already, so I don't want to get to whatever, whatever, but I as the, um, I bought the Tribe album on vinyl when it came out, and I always thought it was weird that, you know, that, um, Fife only had, Fife was really only on two songs on the first album, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, 
and I kick it joint, and uh, I don't eat ham and eggs joint. So she was definitely right. It was definitely wasn't Fife heavy. Then the second album came, and um, I thought Fife shined on that one. Um, I thought I thought that was his come out album for me. Mm-hmm. I thought Midnight Marauders was their best LP. You know what I'm saying? But um, I thought that he was definitely an integral part of the Native Tongue family, uh, which of course was their I sold Tribe uh, Called Quest. Jungle Brothers, Latifa, uh, Ultramagnetic and Seas, um, uh, 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 Black Sheep, and I also think uh, Venus is involved in So, I mean, no doubt. you know, um, you know, Fife, oh, and Buster Rhymes, excuse me, and leaders of the new school. <laughs> I mean, I can't forget that. No doubt. From a label of Native Tongue, and um, so, you know, I mean, that gathering of people, that gathering of energies, you know, you know yeah, that's very defining on hip-hop. On most hip-hop that wasn't of the gigs, I mean, Native Tongues really, really was the the author and father of most of those things. I think that Fife was the best. In other words, there wasn't too many MCs that are around today or really since. The 90s, or I think, is better than Fife. And from anywhere. And I remember seeing Fife um, at a showdown here. He was doing a showdown here. Farrell Mox was there. Uh, some local artists. And there were some other people who were there. But I remember Fife, and, and you know, I just remember Fife sounding the best. Mm-hmm. But I didn't expect that. You know, and Fife sounding the best. Fife sounding the best live. And, and, you know, he can, you know, he had his thing on his foot or whatever, so he was dealing with. But, what I wanted to talk about briefly was the, the aspect of diabetes is reversible. Don't let them really get it twisted in that information. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, the medical class community, I think, would, would prefer you not to believe that so they can kind of get money off of you and you can still take their drugs. But, you know, it, it, it's reversible and you just have to, there has to be a discipline involved to be able to be a part of that because the body is always without there being medication. You know, that's just how the body works. And um, I don't think, you know, whether the brother took it right, whether he knew all the information. Because anytime you hear people talk about the association of this, that, that, and third, you know, those people are more about research and, and, and prescribing drugs than it's really about helping people. I heard an interview that he had done on a station down here, and he had made mention about research and all that. Okay, well, you know what I'm saying? Oh boy, you know, I love what he had done. You know what I'm saying? But this knowledge of that, and, and that, that's something that has been from the black folks for a while, guys. Remember when I used to live down south for a minute, the southern folks, when I, was, when I was younger, southern folks used to call it sugar. It wasn't necessarily called diabetes among southern folks. When I lived in the deep south, it was called sugar. I remember, like, yeah, you got sugar. And I didn't really knew exactly what that meant and all of what that meant. I knew it didn't mean gay, but I knew it, I didn't know what that meant. And so I was like, oh, okay, then. So, but, 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 our, that's a part of desires and appetite, which, um, which makes this energy and a spirit that we get attached to this energy and the spirit. And uh, not all spirits are good. And they can use different portals to manifest and to be able to. Engage and put hooks in your flesh. You know, you individuals have to be very careful. 
before he was there. You know, that's not the that's not the life cycle, true life cycle of a black body, forty five years old. No, it's not. But but that's just that's just to say that individuals take it upon themselves if they have something or do their own research to find out about what they're dealing with as far as on the on the illness end. And that just use that as a spin off of, you know, saying, Well, he dealt with that but, you know, that's something that we don't all have to deal with if we choose to. And I think with five dogs passing, especially so tragically soon, um, it's one of those things just to look at at large. I mean, people, if they've seen the Beach Drive of the Life documentary <clears throat> that dropped around, I think it was 2011, 2012, by uh, Mike Rappaport, um, Fife talked about dealing with a struggle with dealing with diabetes and um, food intake or whatever. Like, he, if I'm, I'm paraphrasing this, said that, like, sugar to a degree for him was almost an addiction. And um, I thought that was deep. Now, that's not to say that certain things may or may not have happened. Just for the sake of, you know, none of us know our time. But um, I thought that was a deep thing. I think if nothing else, when people look at stuff like this and how some other folks have passed, because for me, I'm a little under a decade under Fife Dog's age when he passed. That kind of messes with me. Like, Fife was the age of, like, various contemporaries I know, of various, you know, friends that I know. When you talk about that 10-year back-and-forth age swing. And that's like a mind blowing situation to be like, dang, that could be it. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, you could be healthy as hell and get hit by a bus tomorrow, but you'd rather be healthy as hell and be able to do as much as you can with your life. You know what I mean? So, um, in the period of time Fife, um, dog was alive, cause I know he also had kidney issues too, cause he had to get a transplant, I think, around 07 08. He did a lot. I mean, the legacy of a tribe called Quest, I think, is undeniable. Um, and actually, the, um, solo joint that he did i think around 2000 was pretty good too like 99 2000 because i was still at um, the radio at the time was solid and i think for all the guys who do quote-unquote average guy regular guy rap you owe a big part of things to fife dog you really 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 do because tribe to me this is my personal opinion was one of those interesting groups that when you had things really, really jumping, especially during, like, that beginning of the Native Tongues era, you kind of had cats on multiple extremes. You had, you know, cats with a like, I'm just going to rhyme about whatever type of grimy, quote-unquote, street stuff I want to rhyme about. And you had people who were a little bit more on the, you know, I'm elevated, I'm Afrocentric, I'm a god, etc. type. And you had cats like Q-Tip and Fife who were just there like, I live a pretty regular life, so I'm talking about regular guy stuff. I mean, I can get deep if I want to, because when people listen to Tribe, George, you do definitely hear, like, they're more political tracks, they're more pro-black tracks or whatever. And you hear tracks about them, like, I want to have fun, I want to hit up, kick it with some girls, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, again, with the average guy in, like, I'm kind of struggling today. Like, um, Five Dogs, um, personally, one of my favorite solo tracks of him is um, Eight Million Stories. That was one thing I forgot to say about them is that the Tribe Called Quest was one group, and I remember, and I remember the early form formulations of them, that they were able to get the hardcore cats, you know, the regular cats, the women, you know, and, and, and early, in that early, like, regular, you know, like, or early formulation, because they were, they were a carryover from the 80s, you know. People who remember 80s hip-hop, they were a carryover of that. And they first saw, actually, music came out in the 80s. They, they, the music was formulated in the 80s, but even though, you know, or t- Q-Tip was heard on tracks in the 80s. 
So for all intents and purposes, it was like 89, you know. And plus, if it came out in 90, they would have been formulated before that. You know, people ain't just, you know, so. Um, and I like the fact, even though out of my circle of people, I'm one of the few cats that like them. You know, most of my cats were either wanted, either were, either were more like wanted cats who were on the harder end. So I was one of the cats of, of, of the cats that I came up with that was feeling. Most of the people I came up with wasn't feeling them. So they did have a lot of people that did that didn't like them. And most of the cats who I know who wasn't feeling them, their favorite of the two was Fife. Mm-hmm. I remember Fife being the favorite of of people I know who, who if they had to listen to it, you know, it was almost Fife energy that they was whatever. So that's almost an element that's missing amongst well at least for certain people who weren't necessarily fans or who maybe whatever. You know, I always like I always thought tipped appealed and came across to the women, and or at least my 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 listening to him come across to the women, I always liked Tip's way of doing that better, and I thought that in a way that you know they were they had the yin and yang thing where they almost needed one another. You know what I'm saying? And even though I will have to say this, I think that on the hardcore end, Fife was whatever, but I think Q-Tip could carry a song better. You know, I don't mean to that's just you know that's not mean to be a diss, but I think that um, on some of the best songs that they had, Tip was on there. You know what I'm saying? You know, they never you know, and that could have been maybe Tip's influence, but none of their great songs, Tip was absent on none of them. So it just went to show you that 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 union, that fusion of them two, and 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 all the other elements, you know, really showed you really you know the you know. The, the flavor that he engendered or um, um, uh, gathered together from that early experience in New York and New York radio and New York experience. And, you know, I thank God that I had a touch of that. And um, mm-hmm. because Fife represents that. So when Fife, he represents a cat that I feel is like me. We had the same radio stations coming up. You know, I, I, I was in the Jersey, but I would come to Queens to either go to church or some, some women I knew. So, I mean, I was in New York as a youngster buying records at 13, you know, so, you know, by myself without, you know, without my family around. So, I mean, I heard him say, you know, when he first found out that he had had um, diabetes was um, May 1990. That was a special time for me. Uh, Besides the fact that that was my birthday month, but, you know, a lot of, that was some of the best times of my life and there was a lot of real niggas still alive. So, you know, when I heard him that, I, I, almost, I, I almost was energized by it because I heard it from an interview that he did uh, by radio on Cats in D.C. And I said, I didn't know that. And it was a symbolic number to me and a symbolic time in my life. And, you know, um, you know, I, I like, he like I, I like him represent, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the golden era of hip-hop, kind of the true essence, the true energy form. That and it, because I represent that, I'm representing him. You know what I'm saying? Because he was a part of that. No right? doubt, no doubt. And um, as somebody who did not grow up in um, that area and arena, but who also like my formative years, I guess in hip hop were more in terms of what people do call like that um, late '80s, early '90s period onward. And I listened to. I listened to a lot of different stuff, but like definitely like you know a ton of native tongues and whatnot did come through. Um, my speakers, whether it's through um DC stations like WKYS, WPGC, or just through me, you know, copping stuff um 
at various um, record stores, the CD stores, and um, what have you. Cats like Fife and Tip and their interplay and whatnot. I think for people who just wanted to have a good time, they were a great entry point for hip-hop. They were a really beautiful entry point where, you know, if you lived the life um, that I did at the time, which was more, you know, my folks were coming up from working class and moving on up from the various um, places that they worked and what have you, um, I couldn't necessarily fully identify with, quote-unquote, the hood, even though I know and have some experience in that. And I've definitely never been rich my entire life. So, like, PG County people have seen um, Bravo's, like, Real Housewives of Potomac and that type of bullshit with, like, cotillion Negroes or whatnot. I've never been able to identify with that. You know what I'm saying? But dudes like um, Tribe and the Daylights or whatever, they're like, yeah, we kind of grew up in this in-between thing, but we've lived different lives because we know different people and, you know, parts of one's life have been living in different places and spots and what have you. Because I have memories younger of things being a little rougher, but things like I was blessed to have things steadily progress because of um the folks who raised me and whatnot. Even right. though later in my adult years, I went through some roughness and whatnot too, which is a whole other show and everything. But um, I could listen to Tribe and hear them like you know just spit about certain stuff. I could be there like yeah, like yes, there's some stuff I don't know and whatnot. But yeah, some of this stuff I I can understand. Yeah, I, I want to just go out and kick it. I want to go out and you know have some fun. Wow, this is a serious thing. This dude's going through a struggle. I'm going through a struggle. And yet with a cat like Fife, you know, again, Malik the five foot freak, you know, dude five foot assassin, all that type of thing. It's like I can be proud on this level to be dark skinned. I can be proud to be short. I can be proud not to be this, you know, higher plane, you know, societal thing society says I'm supposed to be. I can still be fly in my own skin. I think that's one of the strongest impacts Five Dog could have for people. Okay. On top of his artistic talent or whatever, you could be proud of being in your own skin as a person and as an artist. Right. And I think some things, unfortunately, are getting a little more regressive with that in mainstream hip-hop, but we got to think, you know, back in the day, we just had the radio stations. We just had a conception and all that. There was no internet, which is kind of bugged out to say. Right. And what not, because again, one's not that old, but... The internet as we know it didn't really exist until like high speed, this, download, all of that, much less smartphones and everything, didn't really happen to the 2000s. You're talking about kids in the early 90s who were just there like, what's on MTV? What's on VH1? What's on the box? <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and um, all of that. And those were the videos that played for us and that people, you know, vibed off of and everything else. I got to check things out because I didn't get to the New York metro area until I was 17 years old. First, I did not encounter life, but you could have little teeny bits of an idea because of stuff people talked about in these rap songs and whatnot. You had a little bit of exposure to different ideas and concepts because of these rap songs. And uh, again, for me, Fife Dog and um, A Tribe Called Quest are just very integral with that music history for me. So just for that alone, thank you for your contributions in music and whatnot. Thank your family and friends for being a part of being um, our life soundtrack and whatnot. And that'll continue on. So, again, peace and respect, love and condolences to Five Dogs family, friends, fans, and more. And um, I thought that would be the only thing we had to talk about on the transitioning in with people and folks passing away. Yeah, bad news. 
literally the day we were like we're going to record this intro finally <coughs> um prince prince rogers nelson also known again as prince also known as the people who talked about unpronounceable symbol back in the day has passed away today let me set this off no doubt let me give the let me give the quick rundown age-wise and stuff and then um, we're gonna go into i know we're gonna do a little back and forth on this um he passed away at the age of 57 at his home in paisley park outside of minneapolis minnesota at the present we do not know what his cause of death was and people in one way shape or form know prince on multiple levels throughout his career since the late 70s as musician songwriter composer and um plenty plenty more but let me have you get into it that we just back and forth and this because i jumped off with five dogs no doubt yes indeed good evening ladies and gentlemen <laughs> my introduction to prince was through my older brother older brother that's two older brothers and um, one of them is a hardcore musician and um i was you know watching him becoming a guitar player coming up as a kid and you know what I'm my older brother basically helped me kind of like in other areas of music. He gave me a lot of advice I wish I'd have taken earlier. But, um, you know, um, it's my introduction to Prince came, um, uh, through him. And then, um, you know, I don't know of anybody that has more Prince music than my older brother. I think the only album he don't got is the album he did with Miles Davis mm-hmm. called Crucial. And, um, um, and so that's how I know about the rare joints. I mean, I talk to Prince fans, and that's how I know if they're real Prince fans, because I can gauge them based on my brother. I'm like, well, you know about this? No. I said, hmm. You know about this? this no, I don't know about that. I said, Prince got it. Like, I mean, we're not talking about music from like from the undisclosed vaults that he got that probably somebody going to mess with. Mm-hmm. We're talking about old stuff from, you know, older stuff that was released, the so-called fans on the the about so I was like okay so I felt cool I looking back I look I, I cherished that coming up because I understood really what Prince what he represented I had said a couple of weeks back that Prince was like a, a high priest of rhythm and blues mm-hmm. um, or high priest of music and uh, music is more apt of a term and he was the I mean other than the fact that he played you know over 10 instruments that was a part of that, but mm-hmm. it was deeper than that because you don't have to be a play instrument to be a, a, a minister or, 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 or high priest or high priestess of the music, you know. Mahalia uh, Jackson, which is the poor, poor, poor mother of, of all black female singers in America, you know, and all the older sisters can attest to that, you know. You know, she wasn't, I mean, at most she played piano, but, you know, at most if she did that, but it was her voice that was able to you know, bring in that period of India. Prince had a, had a good voice, too. You know what Prince had a range that is almost unheard of amongst uh, certain genres and, and uh, of, of certain eras. You know, there was only a couple people like him, and there's really nobody being played on the radio like him today. Uh, that's, that's of the modern era. And um, Prince was also a fighter and revolutionary in the respect of his beef with Warner Brothers Records and one has to have uh, control of his masters and control of his music. No doubt. But Prince was a forerunner on that, at least for people after 1970. I can't speak on the brothers before then, but after that, you know, Prince was a forerunner as far as wanting to be out there and after 1980 more specifically. 
of, of, of people who want to do that. And I think he made a lot of enemies, man. It wasn't until I got did my own further research on on stuff in general. I just don't research metaphysics and spirituality. Is that um, these like these corporations have like um, have have gangs or have people they're connected to that do their bidding that can try to intimidate people. So you know, people artists who have you know entourages, this ain't just for whatever. They can make somebody company man, somebody somebody company person by message. I personally feel Prince was killed. I'm just I'm just going. I, that's just what I feel. I could be wrong. Um, I'm trying to get my game, my intuition. Game is not the right word. Excuse me for saying that. I'm trying to get you know my perception up, but I believe that I don't know. So one side of me is like he was killed. One side of me is like he he's from the his era party very hard, and you know another side of me is like well you know me me being raw about it. Let me skip that. But I believe that that something it, it, it I don't know something the vibe of it is kind of odd. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have more to find out as time goes on. You know, Janet Jackson is sick. Maurice White died. You know, ain't too many Negroes gonna be dying for me not to ask questions. That's just how I go. And I know that. See, when I label Prince a high priest, meaning that these individuals, the high priest in Black tradition, or basically the only tradition, the oldest tradition of spirituality, priest comes through Black people, and music was one of the ways that the priest could use. Um, be able to influence the people and in uh, in the righteousness in the way that it was supposed to be and also therapy you know, uh, 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 it helped stimulate the body from the atomic molecular and cellular levels and then with the proper thought proper nourishment you know and, and print, you know music was part of praise and worship and Prince you know I thought was that in a modern way he was almost like the modern um, uh, magician so to speak, um, in, in, in the way that the ancient, in other words, he conveyed the way the ancient ideal in music in a way that a lot of people, you know, Prince just wasn't R.B. He was a rocker, too. So Prince has a lot of different angles he went in. That album where he didn't use his name, you know, I fucked up one, and um, where I played most of the stuff that I play on Prince comes from that album. Mm-hmm. And um, he had a Calypso record on there. He had a jazz record on there, you know. He had R&B record. He had a rock record on there. Not many people can do that mm-hmm. or have ever been able to do that. And it sounded good and convincing, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, Chris was definitely the jack-of-all-trades type of artist. You know, he could do all, play different instruments, play his own stuff, record his own stuff in and, 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 and different genres. You know, there's been people around who, who were like that. He wasn't the only one. But I think Chris was probably the more popular one that wrote all his music. And I hope people are... Especially anybody who was influenced by Prince or has whatever knows whatever people connected that his estate should be protected because nobody should you know Prince was wanting to stand up you know um, against the corporate stuff um, like the Beastie Boys um, and so I'm pretty sure he wouldn't want his stuff to be like the Beastie Boys uh, pimped later after people are dead, people have died you know what I'm saying and um, I I think in some ways there's a fear of black artists. Because um, the, the music industry has always had an occult angle. There's always been people who talk the spirituality stuff that, or know the spirituality stuff that I know, but they use it in the negative end, or what they call the left path, and that was to influence and manipulate in a negative way. And it goes back, I mean, you know, uh, you got people, you know, there's, there's members of this, part of that British invasion was, you know, those were, some of those artists were in the occult, and they were associated by people with the likes of Alistair Crawley. And, 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 and individuals who were about the tampering 
with the psyche of individuals through different means, and music was the one of them. And if you didn't want to necessarily play, go according to that ride, which which would be like bucking the system, they almost had it out for you in a way. And I think, um, I don't know which end Prince was in as far as on the esoteric end. I'm not sure if he was, at least he wasn't in league with them. It's at least one of the buck in the system and not to be pimped, you know, because you go, trying to, and that's why, like, when a lot of people, when I hear, you know, a lot of Negroes talk, I'm like, y'all don't know, y'all don't know, y'all don't understand what these record companies represent. Ain't no righteous records being done. They're not pushing you to make or influence you to make at least one conscious or socially conscious or righteous record. Why is that? Even some of them, some of these Negroes don't want to do that. So, you know, so they have the perfect place. But Chris wasn't that. And, 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 and Prince should be an encouragement to, or, or should be shame, should, uh, should, should shame some artists because he stood up in a way that a lot of these, these Negroes don't. And he was multifaceted and multi-talented. And multi-talented actually more than most cats who were scared to do anything. So that makes it, it's like he had the courage and he was more talented. So it's no like, doubt. that was truly a light and, um, high yellow but blacker than most. Even though, you know, in the sense of the standing up and the not wanting, and wanting stuff to be progressive. And, you know, I remember seeing him on a video show where people were doing his songs and Patty LaBelle was up there doing his songs and then different people doing his songs. And, and, uh, and I, and I saw how his look on his face was when certain parties came up there and when they shined and he was like, either they shined too much or they didn't shine enough. Now, I oh, yeah. Martin, I was going to say, I was I was gonna, I'm not gonna say their names. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say their names. I will say the ones that shine, shine. Patty, you know, Prince, you know, Prince knew that he had somebody singing his record who could, who, who was from his era and who could sing it, sing it, probably better. But at the same time, there was some people up there, and I remember that. I remember that, and it was of the new crowd. And and, and but he didn't say it directly. He's like, I want to give a shout out. He didn't even mention their name. I was like, uh huh. I said, I felt the same vibe, baby. I felt they got that nigga up there because he was just some new pop with making some money for these occult forces working in the music industry. And Prince, I was like, I'm, I'm even with you and we ain't even talking, bro. That's how the, that's how the dark man, that's how matter, uh, spirituality works. I ain't even, I'm feeling you and we ain't even met and then we go through a freaking TV screen. I'm like, uh huh. But yeah, definitely. Uh, God bless that brother. Uh, we thank the most high for allowing uh, for the modern era to be witness to something that was similar to what the ancients did. Was, that was a blow to black music in the way that like, Luther Vandross or, or, or Michael Jackson was. You know what I'm saying? And, um, mm-hmm. His music will live on forever. Like, like um, the great blacks who came before. Now, who who going to say Prince is old and we should listen? Only a dumb nigga is saying that. And we shouldn't. Those are dumb motherfuckers. It wow. should last forever. Prince was the continuation spiritually, metaphysically, of Jimi Hendrix, who wasn't respected and loved enough in his time period. In his same energy, Purple Haze was manifested in Purple Rain through this energy. So it's the, the same black matter, same black continuum continue on, and other races are just spectators in watching the glory and greatness of God manifested through the black man and woman of America. All right? Damn. You definitely um, went in. <laughs> okay. Prince, yeah, man, let's let, let's talk about him. Let's talk about him. I can't say that I am a Prince super fan. I highly respect Prince. There are joints I will rock to death here and there, but a super fan of Prince is a super fan. 
and these are the people like um the black hawk mentioned with his brother who are just there like i i got everything i listen to everything he puts out whether it's solo prince whether it's new power generation um excuse me whether it's him with third eye girl whether it's him um with whatever group type of thing he wants to roll with whether he was prince or whether he was a symbol um under his multiple aliases he wrote songs for other people on like those super fans prince is a dude who on a musical level as being a genius i really didn't know too tough about i would damn near say until late high school early college because of course you hear the hits and all of that you know what i'm saying you're gonna hear 1999 and be like that's jams you're gonna hear alphabet street and be like that's jams i still believe diamonds and pearls is one of the most beautiful songs ever written i agree the way that it's composed and the way him and Rosie Gaines interplay with those because vocals, like, like, like you, you literally, I'll go so far to say you literally don't have a romantic bone in your body at all if you can't listen to that song and be there like, I want to get married tomorrow. And <laughs> somebody feel the way people do on that song, especially when they do that ill breakdown with like the um, pianos and like harps and guitar yeah. and shit. I love it, that album. Dude. That album is great. That that album is that, wonderful. It's actually one of my album, personal favorite um joints and whatnot. But like that, real quick, he has a song called "God Created Woman." Yes, that that's a classic. I was about to mention that was that's kind of like almost a jazz fusiony. You know, it's like almost jazz guitar and the horn, and I love that song. I mean that 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 song symbolizes. You know, sometimes you hear a song that symbolizes your vibe and how you view things. That song is me. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And my, my perception on things. Like, running into people who were more Prince Super fans when I got older made me realize how just insanely on point he was. I didn't know till a later date that he played all the instruments on his first album. He played over 20-something instruments. And, and, and that, that that was just him, was his first album. Much less all the other things and whatnot that he did later. I didn't know he wrote Shaka Khan's I Feel For You until I became a DJ. And I started reading, like, the linear notes a lot more. I didn't know about the multiple groups he was behind back in the day until later high school, early college, and then when I became a DJ, like, Vanity Six, Morris Day and the Time, you know what I'm saying, Apollonia, plenty, plenty more, you know what I mean? When you start looking into this dude, it's like, his talent as a musician, not just with funk and R&B, but with pop but with reggae but with jazz gospel like he was in there music was literally him whether you're a fan of prince or not you can't be like that dude was not about that music and um like i said like certain albums i had to get into and appreciate more later on beyond the singles like 1999 is a great album period besides the title hit purple rain is an awesome album period besides the hits you know what i'm saying the Batman soundtrack, because I was a big fan, still am actually, of the first Batman movie that was made in the late Word, the first the Batman soundtrack. Was like, that joint goes. That joint goes. Graffiti Bridge, I'm not the biggest fan of the movie, even though there are parts I like watching and bugging out over. But that soundtrack is large. Um, that's up when the Black Hawk went over Diamonds and Pearls. Again, my personal favorite album. He's um done... Um, Alphabet Street. I mean, I think it's was it Alphabet Street or one he's, he's like on the cover naked. Um, I think the Alphabet Street is a song on that on there. But um, I think that was one of the first albums where they was rapping on it. He had this girl cat who was rapping a cat. We need you to rap. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the album that had um, Housequake on it. 
Um, oh, word, um, word. Um, um, yeah, Prince had a whole bunch of outtakes of songs that never that never went on album. And one of my favorites, he had a lot of joints like that. And um, Erotic City was one of the outtake joints. I remember that got big play at the end. Mm. Uh, erotic city, can't you see? Fucking pretty, you and me. You know, Prince was taking it there. Uh, what, uh, uh um, uh, um, uh, uh, another lonely Christmas. That was my shit, and still is my shit. I remember, I remember when that came out. That, that was, I remember I brought that up to my, one of my other brothers. Oh, that's for, that's for the real Prince fan. You know, most mm. people don't even know about that. And just to, just to be arranged. Love Sexy, you know? that's the album I'm Alphabet Street was on. Sorry. Love Sexy, yeah. Yeah, that joint goes. I, I like that album a good amount as well. And um, what have you. Uh, people Prince who got th- samples, too. I mean, it, 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 for, for like DJs, whatever. You know, Big Daddy Kane samples some joints from whatever, um, from the, I think, Raspberry Beret album. Yeah, so Prince Prince got beats. You know, he got he he got that on this on 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 that end also. No right. doubt. I know he had so I know he had some joints he did with Chuck D and um right. whatever. Because I mean, like you were saying earlier, that Prince vault. I mean, I hope you know the legal stuff is together as much as it can be due to this unfortunate passing. But I mean, dear God, like the music that he just has out now is amazing. Like when earlier this afternoon. When one found out the information, I was like, let me just look up Prince song credits. Um, allmusic.com had over 2,000 song credits that had Prince on there. Whether he was a singer, composer, songwriter, or instrumentalist. That man's hand is in so much stuff. Beyond his own solo output. And his solo output is like a plethora of uh, multiple albums. And um, yeah, man, like on that end, in one way, shape, or form, whether it was through Prince himself or indirectly through other people's music and the influence that he had on other people, which is undeniable, not just with the musical aesthetic, but with the outside aesthetic. Because with a cat like Prince, I mean, you're talking about a dude who was 5'2", could wear a lace blouse and tight-ass pants and, like, freaking platform heels and have women like, I want to hit that. Because, right. because he had a certain vibe and swag going on top of his talent, like, your your swag and coolness level had to be on a thousand to do that. Like, I remember going to New York once to Planet Hollywood. And you know the Planet Hollywood restaurant they have, like, all the little star memorabilia or whatever? They had Prince's blouse from <clears throat> Purple Rain. That joint looked like a little girl blouse folks would be able to get at the mall. It was lacy one. I'm like, and that was the period where Prince was wilding. And, you know, this was like, you know, what, around Sheila E period <laughs> and all of that? And you can't tell me a, you can't tell me a dude don't got some ill swag going on to be there like I can wear this and I'm the hottest motherfucker in the world and I'm the most talented motherfucker in the world and people be like that's cool you can't be a regular man and no. get that type of vibe off and I think for people who that's just right. want to be different at large I think regardless of your race or ethnicity or whatever I think it was definitely needed for black people. And what have you for that particular era. Because, I mean, yeah, there have been people who've worn wild stuff when they performed before, male and female. Like, if you want to look at the outsider stuff, you can almost, like, relate some of his stuff to Little Richard. But for people of a certain generation to be there, like, I can be a black rocker, I can rock out like this, and I could be the coolest motherfucker on the planet and do this because Prince is doing it, I think his impact on that level is beyond undeniable. One thing I want to say in representing for the brothers, <laughs> And um, 
quote on, and, and, and what I consider black man laws and um, me representing Amin Ra is that there's certain black man laws that I think he didn't pass. And I think he passed some of the major ones in the sense of being one to stand up for, for, for musicians and artists. I think that was one of the more major ones. That's the next thing I got but, into once you're done, because we definitely got to talk about that. And, um, however, you know, I don't, I don't think it was necessary for him or anybody else of his genre or in the present genre to exhibit a more of a feminine side. You know, man and woman and God, man and woman are made up of masculine and femininity. God is made of masculine and man and woman are. Each, I think, as a black man, and, and as a uh, as, as, as a old school black man, old school meaning last thirty, forty, fifty years, or old school meaning last fifty thousand years. <laughs> I don't, you know, the, the the black effeminate thing. I didn't really was wasn't really feeling that with brother. You know what I'm saying? And that's not something that black men should want to strive for. They should want to strive for his artistic ability. And, you know, because Prince was wearing stuff with his ass hanging out. That's a black man law. He didn't pass that. He did you know, it's like, nah, bro, you, you, you're not, your ass, no. I love the aspect of being different. And like, she brought up Little Richard, and Little Richard was part of that, you know, thing of, you know, of kind of like, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, and under, and you, but at the same time, you can't deny their importance to the culture, you know what I'm saying? But um, me representing ancient energy and ancient spiritual beliefs in the modern time, though, I have to stress that, that, you know, you know, I liked him and I loved the brother, but I didn't like that aspect of him. You know what I'm saying? You know, I was like, well, I looked, I looked past it. And because, you know, of, of I knew that knew that he was, I knew that he was, you know, he was a God, you know, Prince was very much like Quincy Jones in the sense that, he was doing soundtracks and his hands would touch many different areas. You know, it, it, Prince did almost everything, like Quincy Jones, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, or, and like Duke Ellington, you know what I'm saying? Where, you know, Duke Ellington, you know, was one of the early cast to do movie soundtracks. You know, when Prince mm -hmm. came in, you know, was kind of like a part of that continuum. And, you know, Prince was part of, I think one of the, I think one of the biggest countries Prince made was to Black Rock. You know, because Black Rock ain't, he was the doorway for Black Rock in the modern, for, from the 80s on. You know, Mike was, Mike, Mike was too, Michael Jackson, but Mike wasn't more of a Black Rocker than Prince was. Oh, I, I can agree with that. I mean, I look at Prince in terms of the gear situation, in terms of almost doing a particular rock aesthetic. You know what I'm saying? Like, Black artists and, Black artists, especially in the States, and I think Black Americans at large are always told what you can't do. How far you're not supposed to go when not push. I mean, being younger and looking at certain stuff, I'm just there like, what the hell is this dude doing? But at the same token, I'm like, you're an artist. And when people want to try to deny you or put you into a box, I can understand the rebellion against that. You know what I'm saying? I think Prince did a whole bunch of that shit for rebellion's sake. Like, think about it. You're a black dude. You're straight. You're very loud about being straight. But you're like, I can wear this crazy shit and still pull your girl, though. And still be fly, and still be free, and still be independent. I can understand the pushback against that. Don't get me wrong, but when I look at artistic freedom, a lot of people have always wanted to 
much down our artistic freedom. You know what I'm saying? Like when we talked about Fife earlier, I talked about average guy rap or whatever. There's a reason why people are pushing against average guy rap because that is a denial of you being multifaceted and being able to do what you do in black humanity. With a cat like Prince, Prince was doing that during a time frame where people were definitely not about that within his own community, much less America and what have you. But he had the talent and the spirit and whatever else people want to use, utilize that as to be able to do that because y'all know eventually he stopped doing that. He still wore flash joints or flashy joints or whatever, whatever. But when he got to a certain point, he's like, I don't got to do this. I just want to let you know that I can do it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, my man came out in the past few award shows wearing sun- sunglasses with a third eye on him. Prince, Prince had multiple ways of being loud about stuff. You know what I'm saying? I think that's almost a more refined Prince because whether one followed his particular path or not in terms of spirituality or lack thereof or whatever, depending on what your viewpoint is, Prince is like, look, I know a whole bunch of stuff. I've just gotten better throughout the years on a whole bunch of things. When we talk about his pushback against the music industry, all these cats who are talking about I'm a boss with music and all this bullshit, especially a lot of modern day cats, y'all wouldn't have certain things if it wasn't for Prince. Prince Prince is one of the few cats who literally got his catalog from a major conglomerate. He He literally did his own marketing thing before the internet really, again, popped off the way it is right now. He did it before our 24-hour news cycle and all types of PR or whatever. My man went on stage on tour with Slave written on his cheek. Like, this music industry got it all fucked up. And again, I think this is the, the, showing his progression of growth. He's just there like, I'm starting to look at things. And I'm not beat for this shit. He got his catalog back and did a lot of independent stuff. Like, it's only been the last year or two where he was just there like, yeah, I might mess with y'all to distribute my stuff now. He was one of the first cats who distributed music on the web. And a lot of new cats forget that, too. And that's before everything was just automatic iTunes or whatever right now. He had one of the first big mass internet fan sites and um, groups and what have you. And also for people who look at the business side of things, I know a lot of people earlier today noticed that I can't pull up a lot of print stuff on YouTube. That's because he was like, I'm not beat for their cheap-ass royalty rates and whatnot. I'm not beat for that. Like, there might be a few things that will be out there and leak here and there, but it's like, you can't barely pull up shit from that period because Prince owns his shit. And he's like, I'm not about this unless it's the way I want to distribute it, which is going to be a whole other interesting thing with Tidal because he had put all of his stuff on Tidal, which people know as being the music streaming site under, um, <laughs> music streaming and distribution site under, um, Jay-Z, Beyonce, and a whole bunch of other people. You know what I'm saying? Like, black people owning their own music is very scary, and I think mm-hmm. black people owning anybody's music. Mike, you know, Mike, Mike owned you know the Beatles stuff, and I think Mike, I think that his well death, his Michael Jackson's stuff, death yeah. was hastened. Michael Jackson's death was hastened, or provoked, or or Mike was either killed partially for that. He owned something that was was, was some old time music stuff, and it was British. And, you know, they was a part of that British invasion, that part of that early infusion of, of the occult into music or kind of the negative, un, behind, behind the scenes, the negative uh, energy that was made. Not necessarily in the sense of, you know, negative records, but it was, it was, it was, they were trying to affect the minds of the people and even some of the early groups that were doing it. You know, <laughs> no doubt. I mean, it's one of those things you got to sit back and think about because, again, we don't know anything that's happened right now. And, you know, things are going to come out and people can make their own decisions or whatever from there. But I think the perfect statement was 
well, black ownership in general scares people. But black music ownership, because let's face it, a lot of what we call quote unquote black Ameri- like call black American music, what people call American music. Rock yeah. and roll, people say it's classic American music. That came from black folks. Hip hop is supposed to be the modern day, whatever, whatever, or jazz. That came from black folks. You no know saying like lots of stuff has black American influence and whatnot there. But however, you're supposed to be the entertainment. You're not supposed to be the boss. You're not supposed to have a certain cut of things besides y'all look cute and do whatever, whatever, and otherwise be quiet. You know, we we can't have y'all with a whole bunch of stuff. Like, when you look at Prince's situation, it's not the fact he just got out of Warner Brothers and did his thing for a long time. When he got back with Warner Brothers, I think it was about two years ago, because um, Warner wanted to re-release um, Purple Rain for the 30th anniversary. Warner, for them to redistribute and remaster that album, had to give Prince all of his master recordings. Think about how deep that shit is. That black man had that much power. He had that much power. You have some hip-hop artists now who barely have the master ownership of their first album. It was only a few years ago Jay got the masters for his first album. Not all of his albums. His first album. Prince came through just there like, literally he told a major corporation, y'all need me more than I need you. And they had to be like, all right. And Prince in his older age and stuff, I think earlier he wasn't necessarily as loudly political about certain stuff. He got more loud as time went on. And the older he got, I mean, of course he did various things through music or whatever, but I mean, it was just last year he was in Baltimore and he dropped the Baltimore song after the death of Freddie Gray. No, no. And, uh, I'm pretty sure that made some people mad, too. Oh, definitely. Like, Prince to me is one of those dudes where people like him, but they like an image of him. Like, they either like the wild print or they like the music or the jams and what have you. They don't want to think of him as a multifaceted person. They don't want to think of most of us as multifaceted people, whether you're a regular person or a famous person. Prince being there, like, I got this money, I got this talent, y'all know y'all ain't gonna stop fucking with me if I say whatever, whatever, whatever. So I'm gonna do this. Like, that should be a thing I think folks should aspire to. You know what I'm saying? And as you were saying earlier, a lot of folks aren't even, (coughs) excuse me, on that. So you look at the history of Prince, it it is very, very deep. And I think, ultimately, it's a sign of somebody who grows up. And grown, and some people don't want any black people to grow up, much less an artist. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he did wild, crazy business. He messed around with chicks and all that other type of stuff. Yes, that did happen, and that did occur. And I think you can't really talk about his life if you don't do not talk about that. But look at the man he became on multiple levels later on. You know what I'm saying? Yes, there's stuff I still definitely disagree with. You know what I'm saying? That he was on. But the man was in a high growth motion, and until he passed, was just on the rise. Like, literally two or three days ago, they showed him at, talking about, talking about Paisley Park riding his bike, talking about, yeah, rumors of me being super sick or dying is whatever, whatever. And they had a party at his crib. Now, again, we don't know what's happening, but I mean, that, that man pushed through um, for a long period of time, and the effect of his past releases and i'm sure depending on how things are handled the future releases will go on plus honestly i'm gonna say this for me but um purple rain is a bugged out movie but to me it's it's one of those if it's at home and it's playing on tv i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it all the way through it's definitely an interesting piece of art for the time frame he came up in and you're talking about you know again a dude who blew up funk who came from the middle of the country who would have expected that it's going to be like back in the day, Minneapolis, Minnesota is where the funk's jumping off. But that's Prince. That's going to always be a testament to him and his talent. 
Under the Cherry Moon, where they um had the homegirl playing the drum to the Planet Rock joint. You know, that movie as a whole is definitely interesting. <laughs> um, that has stuff going on. People seeing Prince at the award shows. Like, you can't tell me Prince's Super Bowl performance wasn't the best Super Bowl performance ever done for halftime. That joint is insanely classic. You know, people have seen him at multiple award shows and everything else. The man was getting it in literally to the very end, and um, I think that's respectable. So definitely, um, R.I.P. to Prince, um, condolences his family, friends, and fans. And yeah, man, definitely had to rock and roll into that. Ooh, that took up a decent period of time. We'll talk about a few more things and um, wrap it up here. Um, some people are very upset over the aspect that Harriet Tubman in 2020 is going to be on the front of the $20 bill here in the States. <laughs> um, for me, honestly, when I first heard the news, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to be harsh about it on either end, angry or sad, but watching people go back and forth on it on the internet has been utterly the freaking amazing. Whether it's just racist, whether it's just racist who are just there like, I don't want no Negroes on my $20 bill. Well, I'm just there like, well, should I start stocking up on $20 bills with this white man's face on it and sell them for like $100 to racist? What what should I do? You know, like, when you get a 20, you're just not going to want to stare at that, that stern black lady who was like, I'm about that freedom. Fuck y'all. Or whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, get the fuck out of here. And, you know, of course, Fox News does their Fox News thing and people are trying to be all, oh, my God, this is divisive to the country. So a black person in the country where y'all so hype up so much is about freedom. Y'all can't be about that Negro freedom, though. On the other end, you got some people who are like ultra, quote unquote, revolutionary or whatever, who are just there like, we don't want her on $20 bill because this, that, and the third, and we haven't reached full economic empowerment yet. For me, I think both extremes are... A little ridiculous, yes. Harriet Tubman being a $20 bill is not going to change my daily-to-day economy or most other people's economy. We know that, and quite frankly, to expect that makes you really, really silly. On the other hand, if I was in a racist place and I had a whole bunch of Harriets, I would put them shits right in somebody's face because I'm petty. (laughs) And I really don't give a fuck, and I'm just there like, it's still American currency. If you're going to be that racist to not mess with American currency because it has a black person on it, what does that say about you? Cause I don't remember people. I don't remember people bitching this much when they did the um Sacquadia dollars with the Indian lady on them, the Indian coins, and um all of that. But to me, it just let out a wound with people. I'm like, y'all just can't stand even the the literal illustration on paper of black freedom. I mean, if anything, and also it shows, it pulls out. You know what I'm saying? It it kind of pulls out the wolf. The wolf in sheep's clothing, because they're mad that a woman who defied—they're mad that she's being put on there. So somebody who defied the slave system, who defied, defied, defied tyranny—that was tyranny, no terrorism that was happening to people, and it also was done partly through an occult nature and through some 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 old spiritual demonic stuff that these individuals are concentrating on. Not a game. So, um, Harry and, you know, Harry Tubman didn't own no houses, so she was, so, so she was where she had to, you know, work with white folk who had, uh, you know, in, in that William Penn crew in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Harry Tubman settled, where she settled was in, uh, was in Philly, you know, before her, you know, before her, um, her past, her, her transition to the, to dark matter and the ancestors. So, um, you know, uh, it, 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 the, 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 the dislike of that, 
brief, uh, simply is, is, is people revealing who they are and the, and the, and the wolves, you know, not being able to contain themselves and showing, you know, that they, you know, have a hatred for somebody who, who was going to, you know, was going to stand up for freedom. No doubt. And also, can I say, as a person who lives in the history, um, Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill would be replacing President Andrew Jackson. Even for his time frame, he was an evil, racist son of a bitch. Like, he was, like, a wicked, you know, motherfucker. I mean, you know, you're talking about, like, Louisiana Purchase time, the killing of multiple Native Americans, First Nation people in this country. You know, people trying to do every which thing they could to try to reinstitutionalize some form of um, black labor and subservience and whatnot and more. So for that motherfucker to be up the $20 bill, fuck him. I don't care who the fuck would have been on there. Fuck him. Good. Get the fuck off that bill. And and spiritually somewhere, while that dude's in heaven and Harriet Tubman's, like, you know, in Nirvana, heaven, whatever have you, I hope her black ass is laughing at him. Like I kicked your funky ass out. That's right. I, I I got to another place right now. So whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, next up, um, with politics, honestly, this this political election has gone straight to shit. I think nobody respects the Black American voter right now anymore. And I'm not just talking about the GOP because I mean, come on, guys, Donald Trump is gonna probably be the nominee for the um Republican Party, and that in itself just shows how fuck things are. Ben Carson is being his Negro lackey. And speaking of, fuck Ben Carson for trying to say that Harriet Tubman shouldn't be on a $20 bill. She should, she should be on a $2 bill. Nigga, what's the last time you seen anybody spit a $2 bill anywhere? I haven't seen a $2 bill since I was eight years old. So, you know, you, you were trying to be like a three-fifths of Negro trying to have her be like one freaking 20th of a $20 bill. Fuck you, Ben Carson. Anyway. Um, yeah, we know that's crazy, but honestly, I look at the Democratic Party with, um, Hillary Clinton and um, Bernie Sanders, I think they feel the black vote is supposed to be something that's automatically there. And um, I'm tired of that shit. I personally am very, very tired of it. Just because one party is the insane asylum doesn't mean that, you know, we're supposed to be happy with a dirty shack either in regards to um, American politics, not just on the presidential level, but also on um, various state and um, local level and what have you. And to me, the more and more I see certain stuff, especially when black folks are trying to bring up issues and things like um, somebody was at a rally in um, Philadelphia and there was a like, little mini protest by um, some Black Lives Matter representatives and some regular people talking about um, Bill Clinton's past history where, you know, I think people remember when they talk about the super predator joint back in the 90s. And um, he got real, he got really in his feelings and one of the things he said that killed me besides the fact that they're like, Bill, you're in your feelings will be representing your wife. You're not helping out right now because black folks who are jaded are not really beat to hear all this sidestepping and excusing bullshit. Just apologize for the bullshit. Even if you're lying to us to keep it moving, you know, at least pander to us in a decent way. One of the things Homeboy said was Black Lives Matter in Africa, too. Here's the fucking thing that makes me sick right now. Okay. Black Lives Matter as a phrase, because we've talked about it on the show here before with guests and on our own, that the Black Lives Matter organization that's out has some sketchy parts, okay? But the phrase Black Lives Matter does not negate that anybody else's lives matter. And when we talk about Black Lives Matter, we're talking about Black Lives in America mattering on top of other lives. What is so frightening to every fucking body about a Black American life mattering on an equal basis as theirs? Get the entire 
fuck out of my fucking face. I am so tired of people acting like a black American standing up for themselves and being there like, I'm an equal human being like you is the ultimate insult. Yet, at the same token, y'all want to take all these gains black Americans have made for themselves and for others because, for better or for worse, black Americans are some of the most forgiving and kind of understanding people in the fucking planet. That's right. Y'all wanted to back up all of your shit, but the second one is they're like, yo, we're being fucked with. Um, Our lives matter, too. It's like, no, 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 y'all hush. In the meantime, we need your help with this. Give us a sweet chant to run down the march with. Why aren't y'all talking about our problems? Which, on a side note with that, um, fuck MIA, because she had an interview where she was just there like, well, Beyonce and Kendrick and America talk about Black Lives Matter. Why aren't y'all talking about Muslim Lives Matter and Syrian Lives Matter? It's just they're like, bitch, why don't you talk about it? Yeah. Why are we supposed to be responsible for everybody else's fuck shit? But when we just need to have a little support for ours, we're being too ornery. We're talking too much. We're do we're doing the uttermost. But anyway, like what type of three fifths of activist shit is this? What's MIA? You said MIA. Um, the um the music chick um MIA or whatever. It actually came across my Twitter feed earlier today and people were righteously upset about it, including just like regular motherfuckers who just they're like, Come on, girl, come on. So I, I about Syrians? You said you said Syrians? In other words, she was talking about, and like I'm, I'm paraphrasing this right now. Cause I feel like pulling it up because we got one or two more things to get into. Um, she was paraphrasing a thing where she was talking about, well, um, in America it seems like the only issue you can talk about is Black Lives Matter. Why can't you talk about Syrian Lives Matter or Muslim Lives Matter? For me, I'm just here like, wait a second. I just want to comment on that real quick. Sure. Is that Syrians and Muslims over there don't give a fuck about African Americans who ain't Muslim, so we shouldn't say shit about them. <laughs> but here's the thing. That's why. Well, here's the thing for me. And most American Muslims uh, um, ain't, ain't, ain't clear, don't have clear understanding on most things anyway. So that's not necessarily the end all be on a black spirituality or masculinity or the best example of black people. <laughs> so, you know, so by saying that, and the majority of black people ain't Muslim. So, um, you know, I know the goods of them, but at the same time, I know that nobody overseas gives a fuck about African Americans, even some black people in the Caribbean and in Africa. Not all of them, but some don't. So the Black Lives Matter is going to be definitely focused on African Americans and then black people around the world. See, See, my thing is, like, you want our support, but when we want a little support, it's the worst thing ever. And there's a huge hypocrisy that especially, and this is the thing that had me a little more irate when I saw this stuff this morning. Um, Shout out to, um... The folks over at, um, <clears throat> excuse me, movie trailer reviews and the sanity check and all that, who, um, I first saw to join, um, pop up on it, then, um, two people who emailed the story to us. I'm here, like, so let me get this straight. Black Americans, especially for artists like MIA, where I'm like, bitch, you want to have a career if it wasn't for deprivations of black music or some of your causes to be heard because of the damn music that you've done. With things that happened with drones in Sri Lanka or whatever. People didn't give a fuck about paper plates on the mass level until Jay-Z was on that remix. He got signed to Rock Nation. So how about that fucking shit? Okay? Get your head out your ass and get your shit together. Yes, I know you're Sri Lanka. I know that your fam went through some shit. But you know what? Don't shit literally on the hand that feeds you. And that's black music. All right? Oh, yeah. And, and the and black also, Americans that have made that music. And also, you said, so therefore, Sri Lanka, that's part of that Indian collective. Briefly... Those people were a tool used by the British to go against black people, whether it was in Guyana, whether it was in um, East Africa, around the, where uh, Idi Amin and them was at, everywhere they went. And so you got to remember, Adolf Hitler and the Nazis believed that uh, they want to ignore them. They want to, because they were anti-black, 
they want to say that they came out of the Indians or part of that 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 that, that element that came into India to destroy the original ancient black population. They convinced those people, made them lighter skinned, missed twist up their religion, uh, made them hate the darker skinned people even up to the day. Gandhi didn't love the dark skinned people. People don't realize that. You know what I'm saying? Um um uh, or the sutras as they're called. So you know, there's a lot of ancient and see, she wouldn't talk about the, the caste system and it not only being uh, uh, against women, but against black people. And, and that's a part of that same system. It's different, whatever, but it's basically still influenced by the British and still by the, the old, the old uh, 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 patriarchal, paternalistic ways that down women or women had to die if the man was going to, was going to pass on or like some of the things they do in uh, uh, certain sections of India or whatever. So they have, they, their music is, their Bollywood is based on black music in the West. And Most, a lot of these people, when they're doing rhythm and blues, jazz, and funk, they're basing that on African-American, and they're doing, they're doing reggae, they're doing that based upon African-Americans and Jamaicans. So, or if they're doing Latin, they're doing that on Afro, uh, on, on Cubans. Then, then the Puerto Ricans, the Cubans that started that, the black Cubans. So at the end of the day, this the Western black man is the one that was really putting it down. So all she's doing is a leech from that. And, and she can't, there's nothing that she can say but to be in support. And and this is my beef, like, the black American, whether it's some from people who are supposed to quote-unquote be your allies, which is one of the reasons why I hate the fucking term ally right now at this age of my life or whatever, you're either a black person's friend or family or you're not. You know what I'm saying? Allies can come and go. MIA to me is like a fucking ally. A bunch of these motherfuckers who get in their feelings when we talk about certain stuff, including calling out white liberals, much less whatever else, get in their fucking feelings and they believe they're allies. I don't need allies. I need real teammates. I need real friends. I need real family. You know what I'm saying? This ally shit can go fuck itself. You know what I mean? And people who are that type of ally always reveal themselves. Yes, yes I am against the hardcore races and whatever have you. <clears throat> but I'm also against the soft racism of you still got to do what we say, but we won't whip you as hard. We'll give you a treat. You know what I'm saying? Fuck you. I'm just so tired of this. Like, even when we did our recent political interviews and what have you, you've had um, some people, including other people of color, including some black people who were pissed that we we're talking to socialists. We're, that we're talking about make up your own fucking mind and exercise your full right to vote. Don't go totally hardcore Republican or Democrat. Have a, have a, have an educated vote makes people mad. And I'm here like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm supposed to be diehard for, I, I don't think my vote is supposed to be like, which white savior am I, am I supposed to praise? The old white man or the old white woman? Go fuck yourself, yo. <laughs> this is just right. ridiculous. And if you right, want to, right. and you know what? And if you want to do that, if you really, really want to do that, Get your own fucking show, and you promote them. This is our show. Exactly. That's <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? This is our show, and for people, I'm not saying you got to die hard agree with one thing or the other. Um, as people who have listened to us for a while know, our views are very independent <laughs> on the um political end and what have you. On certain things, there's something that people are conservative on. There's something that people are very liberal on. There's stuff that me and the Black Hawk don't agree on. You know what I'm saying? But our entire point to our particular series is to be like the black American should have at least one outlet, if not multiple outlets, because there are multiple outlets who are doing various things that are dope. Shouts out to them and uh, what have you. We want to be there like we just want to give other people a voice where they don't regularly get to hear a voice. And people people, people got very get very mad about that because that I think there's a mindset of black independence, no matter what is dangerous. Yeah, you're supposed to be black and useful. 
not black and independent minded. And that's not just for this political joint or whatever or the musical. Joint. It goes on a lot of levels. I mean, talking to fellow black podcasters. Religion. And religion and more. Like talking to fellow black podcasters and seeing some of the reactions some of them have gotten for doing different things. Shouts out to the folks over at the Black Guy Who Tips with um, Rod and Karen and them. Like they've right. gotten a whole bunch of blowback and bull- bullshit for literally doing um, a little hashtag joint called Man Devote. they're like, I ain't really feeling here when you're burning. Man, you know. Hashtag com and selling gear and shit. You got people that they're like, well, you should follow Bernie because of this. Well, you should follow Hillary because, I mean, like, we've gotten some shit. Most of our shit's been behind the scenes. Like, you can look on their timeline multiple days and be like, what the fuck? Like, people are really mad that some black folk in our contemporary age range are like, you should exercise an independent mind to decide what the fuck you want to do and <laughs> where you want to go. And that just has me blown. And I just think I'm at the stage as a black American and I'm proud to be black American. I'm fucking tired of, A, people acting like I'm not supposed to be black, proud to be a black American. And, B, that we aren't supposed to be human beings that have our own independent minds. Yeah. It's more than you and me just playing some pretty little tunes and making, you know, some white liberal feel proud of themselves today because they listen to our show. <laughs> or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's about us having our opinions. And you don't got to love and like what we do, but you got to respect it. Yeah. This is not this is not three-fifths of a radio show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is this is the full experience of us and um what we have, and I think other folks need to be exercised, you know, that consideration too, and um independent media and just with individuals at large. Because I don't know, man. I know I ran on this for a minute, but I'm tired of the concept of a black life mentally, physically, and otherwise just being constantly devalued, and that other motherfuckers, including again other people of color, think they can devalue it for their own purposes. Until we need to be used for labor, then it's time to to, to till whatever field they want us to till. Fuck all of y'all. So, yeah. Everybody has <laughs> a tip. The creator has this first. The creator has this first aspect of its own nature. It sifts its own existence. <laughs> that which is prime and proper will come back and merge with the creator. That which is not will be discarded. The, the, that which is was supposed to come back was supposed to be the black element. If we're not doing right, it's whatever, whatever. Everybody who has a problem with that is the is the people who have either gave up on the aspect of merging back with the creator, or were never a part of that, despite whether they look black or not. And people hate African Americans because we're of that remnant, just like some people of the world, just like maybe even some people of other races. But the African Americans represent that. And everywhere you can go, people be like, well, you need to be whatever, but if I go to your country, I have to kiss ass and have to worry about my life because I'm an African-American. But if you come here, whatever, whatever, no one can come overseas and from overseas and talk about African-Americans. You might, okay, oh, well, we, we didn't have whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay, but, okay, but here, individuals from what, from our continuum in existence, we're going to continue to do that, and that's just how it is. And, and like, it's like, for example, it's, it's the political thing, it's the religious thing. You go some places that you say, you know, black people ain't bound to Islam, they ain't bound to Christianity, ain't bound to the a, a Republican, ain't bound to the Democrat, ain't bound to Freemasonry, ain't bound to um, Aleister Crawley, or ain't bound to white people's music, you know what I'm saying, or any other people's music. You know, we we are the we are the source of all. And we just have to wake up and realize that, that we have the source of all meaning before Muhammad, Jesus, or, or the mother isms and, and, or Jesus's. But anyway, um, I think we should definitely move, we should start to wrap it up and I think we should get on BAM.
<laughs> oh, oh no, definitely. That was actually going to be uh, my next joke, and I'm like, those other issues were going to be intensive, so we had to get into that. And um, we'll put these other stuff aside after band, besides like a little mini movie. Um, we've had a lot of people get at us the past um, week or two about accusations towards um, hip hop legend Africa Bambada um, and um, alleged sex abuse by um, at the moment for um, young men back in the um, 70s and 80s. Um, People would know of African Bambada with um his ties with the Zulu Nation and whatever, basically being the founder of the Zulu Nation and whatever, was one of the big um main groups of hip hop and whatnot back in the day. <clears throat> and it's still a living private organization and well, that's worldwide, um, right now. And um when I first heard about this um situation, I heard about the first um accusations um by uh, um Ronald um Savage, the first accuser. It was through a, a you know regular hip hop site, and I was like, I don't know how to feel about this, and this is kind of a heavy situation. There's um, people who may not know about my stance on sexual abuse. I'm very harsh about certain things with punishment and what have you. So I'm like, let me see how this develops. A few days later, um, Star, formerly from um, Hot 97, now we had the Shot 97.com um, website and everything. He had an interview um, with Mr. Savage, and like about maybe four or five days later, more accusations came out um, with Ronald Savage in detail, and then some extra um, accusations via um, some other men and what have you. And um, one day, I came back home from work, and I'm, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to listen to these interviews, <clears throat> because sexual abuse happens way more than it should throughout regular quote-unquote mainstream society much less within various um, communities and i'm gonna put it like this and this is my personal opinion i can't say this is the opinion of the outlets that are going to get our show and whatnot for this week but if ronald savage and these other men who um, did these interviews and recounted things are acting and lying they are the best fucking actors in the entire world because you if anybody's been through this on certain levels and um, I'll put out a little personal thing myself. I've had some whack shit happen to me when I was um, younger or whatever. Um, when you recount this type of stuff and you hear people's voice crack and everything about that, um, that's some real shit. And the way our society is with sexual abuse, period, whether it's between men and women, boy and girl, or woman or woman or men or men, um, is doesn't like to confront that these issues happen. And... I personally believe within the black community, hip-hop community, people don't like to talk about any of these things happening. And it is unfair, but I think on a whole, folks are going to believe men saying this about men because men, nobody I think gets a game saying they've been sexually abused. Men especially. And you have four grown-ass men talking about this happened to me and, you know, he made me do A, B, C, D, or E, or he did A, B, C, D, or E on me when I was underage. I sat down, I listened, and I critiqued these interviews. I've um, read multiple articles. I've talked to older um, hip-hop heads who I will not disclose um, at this time, some of whom actually hit me up privately on um, Facebook and other things, talking about, yo, you know, what you think about this ABC theory? And I gave my opinion. They were just like, well, there's been rumors about certain stuff for a while. I'm just like, I'm very blown by the entire thing because this is the type of thing that, A, if, well... Let's look at the time frame this happened. We're talking about like late 70s, early 80s in the Bronx, New York, amongst, um, you know, minority men. 
Um, this type of shit, unfortunately, is not taken seriously now. I'm pretty sure it would have taken that seriously in the 70s, but I think that, unfortunately, made a lot of people get preyed on and um, what have you. And the fact that some hip-hop cats I talked to were like, this has been rumored or known for a minute, it really frightens and disgusts me because this was supposed to be one of those organizations that was supposed to be higher than that, that was supposed to be bigger than that, but people let shit go for various type of gain and or worry that violence may occur to them. And um, I look at this, and while, of course, I can't go in a time machine and, and check stuff out or whatever, <clears throat> going back on things and reading this stuff and listening to this stuff over and over again, it does not look good for Bam at all. Because here's the thing. I could give less than three fucks of Africa Bambada is a game. I could care less. However, if you're a pedophile or a pederast, you need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you need punishment. You need to go somewhere because this type of thing affects a person's psyche for the rest of their life. They could get therapy, counseling, and or spiritual help or whatever with certain things, depending on what they need. But it always has an effect. It always lingers and messes with your trust issues and what have you. And I can't imagine what it was like for those young men at the time who were just there like, yo, there's this big, cool guy here. He's literally running the streets. I'm into music. I'm into the vibe. I want to get above and beyond, you know, a gang or violent situation or poverty or whatever. And this dude taking advantage of some young men. The Zulu Nation has done many, many, many great things. There's lots of people who have been famous who have done many, many, many great things. That being said, that does not give you the leeway to fuck with people like that. No doubt. It doesn't. And... The the stuff alone I heard already bugged out with me, bugged me out, and having folks like Star and some other people, including um former Zulu Nation um cat T C Islam, who was very big in the Zulu Nation, talking about he heard these tapes where they were trying to buy off one dude to, and so that he could recant his allegation. That's some Catholic church shit. And that was the thing that kind of that that really swung me <laughs> more in the direction I'm in right now. Because honestly, if you don't do that type of shit. Why would you ever do something like that? Why would you yeah. ever settle? Why Why the second this type of stuff dropped, which was another thing too, it took days before people put out a statement. Why did the second this type of thing drop, you know, they're like, I ain't do none of that shit. Word. Fuck that shit. I ain't about it because, yes, hip-hop has a very homophobic side or whatever yeah. on certain levels, and people can feel whatever the fuck way they want to about that. But you're not only being accused of being a pedophile, you're accused of doing that with little boys. And you didn't immediately come out and say something like that? That's frightening to me. But, um. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, man. I, I just had to get that out there. Go ahead. No, 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 definitely. Because we definitely have about to wrap this up or whatever. Um, just so there's some clarity, because I know most people don't know history, or let alone hip hop history. And there's mm-hmm. some people who don't give a shit about it because it comes out of New York, or whatever tells they have about New York. But, um, Bam and them represented one school that came out of New York or, or, or the Bronx. There was this Grandmaster Flash School. There was the Cold Crush School. There was and there was a Kumo D School that was that came out of Harlem. You know, hip hop was only in like a couple places. It wasn't in Queens. It wasn't in Brooklyn. It wasn't in Long Island. It was just it was mostly in a couple areas. I mean, in, in Harlem and um in the Bronx. So they only really represented one clique. Uh, Zulu Nation came up in an era where there was a lot of um political activism and a lot of things happening for black people in the street. And um, they were part of that wave. You know, there were black people who were, there were organizations that were helping um, uh, women who were didn't think they could conceive children, uh, 
were able to conceive children through some of the health initiatives uh, um, uh, instituted by black folk in New York, Brooklyn, and the Bronx, and getting people off heroin. And hip-hop came up in that environment, you know, mm-hmm. and, and um, the Bronx was one of the few places that was considered a, a war zone or um, by the federal government at that time during the 70s. So hip-hop came, hip-hop was formulating and, and it, it came about in its almost a lowest point of a community. And then, and it rose to be something that, that the world was great in. Zulu Nation was only a part of that. They, they had some hit records like Renegades of Funk, Planet Rock, but they weren't the only ones. And I think it would be a criminal shame if this was to make people look bad on New York hip hop or, or, or old school hip hop. That would be a crime because then that means you weren't balanced in your, in your thinking in an application of that. And that, um, that a lot of history won't get known because the ways of whatever, whatever. You know, um, Bam, if I'm, Bam was not an American black man. Bam was, I think, from the over, he was, he was from the Caribbean or from some, but he wasn't American. So, you know, cause hip hop had a very, you know, <laughs> early Caribbean influence. Cool DJ Hurt and, uh, Bam Bada and, you know, um, I met TC as, um, a couple, you know, you know, whatever, whatever, through my brother who, who, who had met him. We knew his wife. So, um, but, you know, I, and, and my man, I, one of my niggas from the Bronx had told me about 10 years ago, the same accusation. So I had heard about it from, from Bronx niggas that they had thought he was mad. And that's why I think that was the reason why I was thought, well, why come more people weren't in Zulu? And then I had heard from just different people how them siding with certain gangs on certain things or mm-hmm. being whatever, whatever in the early 80s, you know, it was hot in New York. That was Hood Central, you know. Uh, 70s and 80s wasn't no hood really. There was no hood harder than the hoods in New York. You know, people could say what they want to say. And, um, in the sense of, the, you know, they had to deal with a stronger police. People are with it, but see, they had the strong, they had the strongest police force in America. So those niggas were hard and then with the strongest police and almost some of the most corrupt police and some of the, one of the more older police forces. And, you know what I'm saying? You know, NYPD been around for a very long time. And so that was their competitors. And um, so, you know, Zulu came up in that environment and, you know, a lot of the early drug cats or whatever, Alpo and them, you know, from them cats that came down to D.C. Set up, that was that was still kind of still a part of that early hip-hop era, you know what I'm saying? And it kind of extended into the late 80s and the 90s. But, you know, there was a lot of, they they were they were competing against other, they were competing for the minds, really, because they were, it's like a church. There might be some, there might be a, 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 a foolish doctrine or a watered-down doctrine, but there are good people in there. And so, and so, and, and there might be corrupt people on whatever, whatever, but, you know, also I want to say briefly, because I got to get off here, and, um, is that I've met Bam at this, at this, at this, um, joint through TC Islam at, um, at this club in Lower Manhattan. TC knew my brother, and mm-hmm. um, I had um, met whatever, whatever. And, and, and the thing is, I felt bad after that night because I didn't think the nigga liked me. He had a funny vibe. He had a funny vibe towards me. And just the spirit told me, just to just lay back and observe with your ears and listen with your eyes. And I just sat back, and just the vibe that I got from him. And then later I said, you know, I let everybody else talk, and I said, what's up, whatever, whatever, whatever. But now that I'm hearing this, the spirit was telling me something then. I had a voice that just sit back and watch. Don't be in a rush to run up on this dude. Not because of whatever, whatever. You know, it's just more or less just, you know, some people can't understand it. Oh, he was hating. Nah, nah, you're a spiritual dwarf. 
No, it just something told me that's like, nah, something to write. And then now, now that I hear this, I went home thinking like, damn, you know, one of the early hip hop cats had a bad vibe toward me. I was like, yo, I ain't, you know, you know, as, as far as black Americans, I'm the cream as far as good natured, <laughs> you know. So if you don't, you know, there's some vibe, well, you know, but I didn't realize that he had some shit with him and the, the spirit in, in him was saying, don't, don't really like that nigga because he's not going to be with the bullshit. Well, Especially, I'm- you know, Especially, you know, you know, homosexuality, pedophilia, you know. So, you know, but God bless, but, but God bless the people who ain't, who ain't on that, who's doing it right out of, in America, in New York, putting it down, putting, you know, still with the proper history. Not all the Zulu didn't have, outside of Planet Rock or whatever, they didn't really have too many other hit records from the old school era. So it's like their, their, their music didn't dominate that time. They just had, they had a street thing with their thing. You know, big up to all the real cats who was a part of that. And um, mm-hmm. they have a lot of different programs. They help individuals. And, you know, um, he was essentially a part of that, you know. I don't know. I won't even say that. But, you know, no, you know, God bless everybody who has real intentions and is not on that and wherever you're from. And, you know, we're going to keep it moving and adjust things the way they need to adjust and keep doing our research and being able to give you more information. And, no doubt. Uh, we acquire it, and as it comes out, no time. doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, three quick things with this, like this could be super, super quick. One, I hope this brings up more talk about the disease of sexual abuse with within communities and whatnot. More people I've been proud of when they've been talking about this than I have not been proud of, because um, I think a lot of people realize this finally had to be addressed. Um, so I hope this is a continuing conversation that actions occur with that so less people have to deal with such traumas. Um, I shout out anybody who's been through it and is willing to talk about it so people can go through and heal, not just for themselves, but to help others heal and help have others go ahead and share their stories and, um, get help. And finally, this may sound bad. Somebody old school, new school might catch feelings about this. I'm very glad that hip hop is bigger than the Zulu Nation. I think the Zulu Nation will survive. Without this, I think the Zulu Nation still does great work all throughout the world and the states and in other countries and whatnot. But hip hop is bigger than the Zulu Nation and it's bigger than one person. And um, like everything else to me, while we can talk about the viruses of the mainstream society and community and what have you, there are problems we had to resolve within our own community as well. I don't want to die of a virus, but I don't want to die of cancer. You know what I'm saying? And sexual abuse and physical abuse and emotional abuse is definitely a cancer that has festered a lot within our communities due to, um, you know, misplaced pride, due to respectability politics, and not necessarily want to let certain dirt out and more. Um, this type of dirt that needs to be let out. And quite frankly, I'm proud of all of these men for putting this out there because they did not have to do it. They could have kept things quiet. They could have kept things silent. They knew that there was going to be um, some some throwback from people. But again, I'm pleasantly surprised that there's been less bullshit about this than um, I thought. So I hope there is more progress done. And as um, the Blackhawks said, we will be talking about this more and more and more. And to end on a bit of an upper note, because we've been talking about a lot of uh, whatever type of stuff, um, I saw the movie Hardcore Henry during the um, past week. If you want to see a movie where you're going to see a lot of shit blow up and people get beat up and things, this is a fun-ass movie. <laughs> it is done in the first-person perspective and uh, what have you. So, like, if people have played video games like, you know, Doom and shit like that, it's in that perspective. 
Or if y'all remember the movie Doom in like the last five to fifteen minutes, where they show everything from the viewpoint of the gun or people punching or whatever, and um the scenes or whatever, the entire movie is like that. So if you are vertical prone, this might not be the movie for you. And it ain't the most complicated plot or whatever, but the people are act like the, the like I said, the action scenes are amazing. The storyline is actually not bad, and the ending is one of the best action set pieces I have ever seen. Besides the fact that what happens to two of the villains is just it's action packed, but it is so petty. And for any, I'll put it like this, I'm not going to give away the ending, but for anybody who's had their heart broken, and they're like, I will do some fucked up shit to somebody who breaks my heart, watch to the very end of that movie. Because I was cheering at that. I'm like, this is fucked up, and I'm just old, and I'm cheering at this fucked up ending. And they're like, yes, motherfucker, don't hurt nobody's feelings, much less somebody who has powers. But yeah, go see Hardcore Henry if you like that type of shit. That sounds like a good descriptor to you. Check it out at the matinee. I enjoyed the fuck out of myself seeing that movie. And also watch the new Barbershop movie. I went to go see that the other day. And oh, um, right. I didn't see was the, it? it was good. I didn't see okay. any of the other Barbershop movies. <laughs> but I did see this one, and um, hmm. somebody wanted to go see it, so I went to go see it. And um, it was cool. It was. I liked it. I, I, I thought it was worth seeing, and it was funny, and it had some good commentary on black folks. And I thought the way the energies of the different actors and performers was well, and I think it's something that everybody should check out. All but right, get on and get on and do what we got to do. We're glad all the souls of the galaxy were broadcasting to the views of Fusebox and ADO. So, me and Fusion about to be on the way and go. So, what's the deal, Fuso? Yeah, man. Um, Good long talk. We just had just about enough of everything. Thank y'all for listening. As I always say, don't gotta love um the commentary and everything that we give, but if it makes you think and engage in other conversation, we've done our job. We're about to get into the music end of the show. Finally able to do a traditional show after a little while and what have you. So we're gonna keep it moving. This is the Fusebox Radio Broadcast, doing our job as quality independent media since nineteen ninety eight, bringing the balance back to black radio. All right. Peace. Peace. Now listening to Fusebox Radio, DJ Fusion. 1988, senior year at Garby High. Where all the guys were corny, but the girls were mad fly. Lounging with the tipster, cooling with shop. Scoping out the honeys, they know who they are. I was the b-ball playing, fly rhyme saying, fly girl getting, but never was I sweating. Cause when it came to honeys, I would go in a stroke. Until I met my match. Her name was Flo. Yeah, I messed around with the one called Flo. All the troopers round the way used to call her a hoe. But deep down in my heart, I knew that Flo was good to go. Cause I thought it was me, like Belle Biv DeVoe. But little did I know that she was playing with my mind. The only thing I've learned is good girls are hard to find. I feel like heavy D, I need somebody for me. Not someone whose mind is blank and trying to juice me for my banks. Swinging with my main man, lucky behind my back. What type of crap is that? Yo, how's about a smack? Word life, I can't front. Thought I was all that. But now it seems I've met my match. I was a stone cold lover. You couldn't tell me that. Settling down with one girl, wasn't trying to hear that. I had Tanya, Tamika, Sharon, Karen, Tina, Stacy, Julie, Tracy. Used to love them, leave them, skeeze them, tease them, find them, lose them, also abuse them. My whole attitude is new day, next hunt. And believe it or not, they all got done. Well, here comes Flo with the crazy whip appeal, and I'm all too man, like Alexandra O'Neill. Is this really love? Then again, how would I know? After all this time, trying to be a super hoe. She finally played me, but yo, I'd find another, cause I've got the crazy game, and yo, I'm smooth like butter. It's like butter. It's like butter, baby. It's like butter. It's like butter, baby. It's like butter. It's like butter.
butter, baby. It's like butter. It's like butter, baby. It's like butter. It's like butter, baby. It's like butter. Like the butter, baby. Not no parquet, not no margarine. Strictly butter. Strictly butter, baby. I remember when girls were goody two shoes, but now they turn to freaks all of a sudden. We love you, guys. off, ho. My name's Mully. Fight this, fight that. Where you going? Where you at? These girls don't know me from Jack, yet I feel like the Mac. You didn't want me then, so yo, hun, don't want me now. Here, here, take the towel. Wipe off your brow and take the contact out your eye. You're far from looking fly. You're getting E for effort and T for nice try. And tell me what's the reason for dying your hair. Slum village gold still dangling in your ear. You barely have a neck but still sporting a rope. Four finger ring just so Pfeiffer can scope. You looked in the mirror, didn't know what to do. Yesterday your eyes were brown, but today they are blue. Your whole appearance is a lie and it can never be true. And if you really like yourself, then you would try and be you. If your hair and eyes are real, I wouldn't have dissed you. But since it was boy, I had to dismiss you. But if you can't achieve it, then why not try and weave it? If you can't extend it, then you might as well suspend it. If you can't braid it, best thing to do is fade it. I asked you, did your hair and you tell me, Diane, maybe if you were you and just you. Talk to you, maybe, but I can't stand No bionic lady trying hard to look fly But yo, you're looking dumber If I wanted someone like you, I would have swung with Jamie Summers You wanna be treated right? See Father MC Or check Ralph Trespin for sensitivity Cause I am not the one I got more game than Parker Brothers Fight dog is on the mic and I'm smooth like what? You are now listening to Fusebox Radio.
DJ Fusion. I'd like to say good night. We enter the zone at twilight with a pig's nose sniffing cocaine. This is the highlight. It's dope, right? We all adults, right? If you oppose it, we'll make you go under the knife. All demons will make you go under the light. With a microscope, we catch vampires. When I light this blunt, we start forest fires. Getting blazed with Smokey the Bear. I'm like Pooty too good when I braid my hair. Bitches love my glow once they see the glare. I'm like Jordan with the flu when he leaned on Pippin. And that's just a brief description. I'm in the zone scoring threes against Portland. And you like what cocaine is he snorting? Nah. No white lines for me. I'm that big bad wolf that stays puffin'. I'm in the zone. spoke to Noah, that means I'll get your panties wet, watch the water, 40 days, 40 nights, you better get your rain boots when I grab the mic, am I wrong son, cause I'm handsome, and I want some Scarlett Johansson, so I can puppet that ass like Jim Hanson, I love the way she can be top, and then she make me go low like Fraggle Rock, I know she gotta go to work, but I don't wanna stop, Show me your breast hair. I'm pulling her hair. hair. She's right in front of me, but she ain't there. She's groaning. She's moaning. She's at the point where she's zoning. I'm reaching the point where she's going. When I'm halfway in the ass, we call it a semicolon. I'm in the zone. The zone. Fusion.
Try to capture data Cataclysmic wisdom is wizardry With lyrics defeat the fictional It's minimal a figment Of imagination We see they status through the eyes of a raven I'm the master blaster My members hit the switch They rudely dismissed by my crew of terrorists There are just two options for rocking Y'all stop talking Twins lift pop out a coffin Coffin we flee these scene with leafy green My hands are going tangible We can't be seen My mummy man plans man Egypt I'm part egret with no regret Skies are my secrets It's an eclipse I kept in crypts For when we become charybdis to sink ships You hear it? Listen how you feel the sound. Love the sound. Spread it, make it world breathe now. You hear it? Listen how you feel the sound. Love the sound. Spread it, make it world breathe now. World breathe now. Make it make it world. World breathe now. I think risk is just part of the deal. Whenever I spark the real particles, feel, feel, go. Fuck my age. I don't feel old. I don't feel they flow. They don't have the will to. I just chill and roll with the fist cuffs Lifting up the bar that they all take the pictures of The finest specialized in rhymes of the spit Gawk at it like a shiny whip you're dying to get Private estate flows of mine, hard to debate Go far as the blame, we charge it to the game Your car denied, pardon as we part the sky The great beyond, cruising like the Autobot Itchy bot, the shit that Della lift beyond You flip the wrong, it's tragic, you could just be bought Master coordinates, teleport, slaughter shit Physically orbited, damn Exorbitant. We morphin' men into pygmy We crush city, then rebuild them Through the eyes of the children Welcome to this plane named imagination Where everything you see is for the first time True amazement, the new engagement Surrealist, the realist We're peeling your flesh back to feel this We're designed with an eye in mind You see the road, believe in all Part men, part meteor You're hearing this and now you feel the sound Love the sound Spread it, make it world read now You're hearing this and now you feel the sound Love the sound Spread it Make it world breathe. Breathe now. Feel the 
listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion.
to mama house. Get any money, money to root of your mama house. Money, food, and mama, she came for her future spouse. How do I do the things that I do when your mama blow? Only the baby daddy and daddy ain't grown enough. I'm watching my baby grow up alone in a mama house. Just too busy writing these rhymes, I'm never lying. The rhymes I'm rhyming harder and harder while flipping niggas for times. Ain't she better than my exes? Pistol flipping, clean token, love making seven. Still be ending up and hope that I make it to heaven. Seven matches, seven. Then my mama became a reverend. Then my mama house a sanctuary. I got new goals, got new bitches. We got better brothers, don't call them my women bitches. Red gold, green gold, gang do it right. And we never do it wrong. Praying that we see every day. Oh, oh. Now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion.
clock. Pants around the globe with disco 54. I stare at you in the eyes, spin you on your toes. Music ain't music without soul. Still in the top row, shot the blindfolds, past the nitro. Rock the love boat, get high to get low. Kill the Merlot, step in your passport, you pick up, we gon' go. Make love once or more, we rest in our cold. So precious is yours, is mine. And look at the time, my God. So precious is yours. second and think we continue these issues our ship will drown if we sink this is nothing political this is so we be sink stick together forever and we are weather the rain we are weather the storm let's try to move on build a better community so our children be numb transform from arms and bombs like vietnam teach your kid how to eat and teach your kid how to farm watch what you put in your body so we can live it long mind body and soul intact product is strong this rap ain't no lap it's more like a marathon this track ain't no track just, just something i said it on Live life in harmony, put love in your arms Forgive to receive the blessing of peace and calm Just the product of Malcolm X and Farrakhan Martin Luther and Marvin Gaye all do a ghetto song Her body, 
beautiful people, beauty is behind the surface. It is the soul, the spirit that lies beneath the soul, the skin. It is the power of that beauty that holds us, that strengthens us. It is the way we dance when we want to cry. It is our mind that creates the definition of the beauty. Clear your mind, clear your body, reach for the strength within. We are all beautiful I'm people. A beautiful people. I'm a beautiful people. I'm together with Apostle. Come on, follow, I lead you. Time to put down the pipes, the liquor bottles and needles. Treat your family right, and my man daughter need you. Grandma, auntie, and cousin. OG taught you about dugging, but he ain't mounting nothing. He on top of that oven, still on top of that corner. His little niggas be drumming. Blicker, blacker, they bucking, they finna hit you with something. Jack-a-lantern with hammers, they finna open your pumpkin. Popping your collar, pippin', and this ain't nothing about stunting. If you ain't talking duggin', then you ain't talking about nothing. Bullshit, I'm the Pope, I think I am on the side. I want to empower people, want to empower people White, purple, and yellow, and all of my brown people We can be positive, don't let negativity kill you First start with your friends, then move a whole town of people The hottest, DJ Fusion listening to Fusebox Radio.
Black horse source of drums and energy spawn from density senses can't see the beast herb disturb black serpentine and we're born first born unformed matter Nick the cosmic king we go by the law of a saw raw and birds and bees and we never sit cursed absurd up for a hat at mercy born purdy worthy for the girlies early the knower before thinker or doer Black permanent, so what more up king up than up you are? Grand serpent composer, funk up Earth or two Mars. Shake, bake, rump, cookie cake up for shoe are. Fake, straight, flakers, front, flesh favors too, but them know them taking. Bait, bread from fed, ATF for crew. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, kid. Anyway, God Matrix, nigga, timeless to save the day. Stargated from the grand mind maker, the environment that hungers for your bloods and brains of undefined by haters. We endure hell, bloods, rains, and thunder. Only time will tell whose substance. Without disgusting, try to deny this. Might be been fly is house of Osiris, no doubt I is not a third Irish black serpent rise with. Further folk fly shit, fix earth, fire, water, sky quick. From amoeba microscopic to galaxies light years beyond optics. Here come. Sun Atomic, Sun Jones, Brown, Grand Funk, Cosmic Disciple of Mr. Magic, Just Pogun, Mad Fat Shit One Man Bandit, Who Did Does Forever Have It, Dudos Can't Stand It We About To Grandstand It, The Blackest Grand Canyon Return of the Mannequin, Your Mammy Is a Fan Then Friend The Woman of the Boat Is That My Chinny Chin Chinny Chin Chin Record execs go on a hostro them know what whole coast to sign and sell so so and so hey yo hey yo this rocko goes down to dana this down with fuse box we about to take it to the sc
by what we think we should be. We're ignoring our destinies. The reason to be creative and free. Locked in ignorant mentalities, we're becoming fatalities like heavy liabilities. Living for glamour and necessities. So pay close attention so you don't get fenced in behind what others mention. You can't read their intention. So remember to smile like a sundown. Reading time from the sky. You are listening to the Galactic Funk Zone. Got the nasty. 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the chocolate room. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Fusebox Radio Show.
is forever leaving souls wanting redemption, absolution, or directions to other dimensions. This tale is told by old century with threat of antiquity, breathing like barren tree waiting for leaves to unite with purple reality. Aromatic and phallic in identity, she has the ability to heal the seven seas with her fulfilled dreams. I mean, walk like an Egyptian building pyramid with mustard seed and faith, faith in the unseen. Like redeeming qualities that lay buried beneath the rubble, like the stubble before the beard, the crawl before the walk. I crawled before I walked. I crawled before I walked. Isis dreamed me responsibly, giving birth to this black woman that is special, precious. Black women are special, precious. That's me with Afro, wicked folk, wild child, cool style, all the while talking, expressing, undressing the truth. called Logan's Run, ain't no niggas in it. I said, well, white folks ain't planning for us to be here. That's why we got to make movies. And we be in the movie.
Baselines affect me when my rhymes direct me. Forgive the crowds, oh Lord, they know not why they sweat me. Writing's against the law in the place that I live. So I lock up the door with the keys to my crib. They call me the high priestess of disaster. Although I'm not a dread, they're not to Rasta. There's never been a word I can't master. I've always been a filibuster. I rain. The I lesson of today. You have to listen to each and every single word I have to say because the ruler Lord Ramsey is on my side and I'm the princess of the posse. So yo, take it light. Princess of the posse, me say she a cool one. She rhyme American, she rap Jamaican. Princess of the posse, me say she a cool girl. She rhyme Brooklyn, the Bronx, USA, the world. You try to dissect my rhyme to see if there's a pattern. I bounced it all around you like the rings around Saturn. Let me know now if you would like to protest this proceeding of readings, or would you rather progress to a higher plateau? Truly, I'm kicking it slow enough for you to seek the knowledge and to know. I'm the Q U E E N L A T I F A H, Queen of the R B Posse, the G L A, which is get live, alright? You're standing there chewing on your fingernails, nervous, watching me doing the live thing, singing like a bird, sing, ringing like a phone ring. I'm the queen and you're the underling. I'm never following. I follow none. The princess of the posse is a cool one. Cool one. Princess of the posse, me say she a cool one. She rhyme American, she rap Jamaican. Princess of the posse, me say she a cool girl. She rhyme Brooklyn, the Bronx, USA, the world. I'm the queen of the clan with a mic in my hand. I step over suckers to position myself to rule this land. It's a concoction from my ability to show the skeezers the meaning of you. Humility, huh? Cause they don't know I'm not the one to front on or two. I'm snatching hearts cause I'm Latifa and I want to. I find it necessary to tell you to get off my tip. I'm kicking gold. So grab a hole and get a good grip. Stop the lying, the trying, the time buying. You've been denying cause you're dependent on me. The princess of the posse, yo, I got the cards. So I'm dealing a death blow. You're taking no crowns. Put that on cease. My DJ's name is Mark the 45 King to the posse. Peace. Gotta let you know where I come from. The princess of the posse is a cool one. Princess of the posse, me say she a cool one. She ran American, she rap Jamaican. Princess of the posse, me say she a cool girl. She ran Brooklyn, the Bronx, USA, the world. That's it for around the family. It's made me happy to it for the Ari posse. You try to be down, you can't take the crown Maybe from someone else, but not me Not me. for around the family They say me happy, do it for the Ari Posse You try to be down, you can't take the crown Maybe from someone else, but not me Not me
So I went into the record store and I saw this album sitting there. And I saw this sharp looking dude on the cover and I say, is that him? The hey, Black yo, Prince? The Could Grand I be right? Could that be Kid A Dynamite? listening to the galactic funk zone
baddest radio show on the freaking planet. Okay, okay, the baddest freaking radio show on the freaking planet.
Yeah.